1: 855 325 1780. That's 855 325 1780.
2: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on!
3: How's it going everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. we got a lot of news to get into here today, and we're starting off with something we haven't heard for a while. In the first wellness policy violation since 2016, WWE announced that Robert Roode and Primo Colon have been suspended for 30 days Effective immediately. The reason for the violations, the first for either man, were not announced. The 42-year-old Rude adopted Robert as his in-ring first name earlier this year with a slightly new look and a heel persona. He had been teaming with Dolph Ziggler, and the duo held the Raw Tag Team titles for several months before losing them to the Viking Raiders. 36-year-old Cologne, real first name Eddie, and cousin Epico have been virtually absent from WWE for the last 18 months with their last appearance at a February dark match, the two have been working in the revived World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, where Epico holds their top title. The last announced wellness policy violation was Paige in October of two, uh, 2016. Her second in three months program was revived by WWE in February 2006 in the wake of Eddie Guerrero's death. So, yes, two people actually failed... Wellness policy tests. I'd forgotten the wellness policy even existed. And of all people, Robert Rood and Primo Cologne. Maybe the biggest news of the last several days, besides the fact that they actually released some people, is that Primo Cologne was still employed. So there you go. That's the latest on that. In addition, we got some news to talk about today. There's an injury to Seth Rollins, more so than just his ego. We can talk about that. Raw last night. A lot of things happened on Raw last night. We actually have somewhat of a card for the WWE TLC pay-per-view, so we'll tell you about that. And a lot of other big news as well. So we'll probably take only text messages today. We'll see. Maybe phone calls. But one way or the other, you can text me, 425-780-7566. Back in a moment with more Wrestling Observer Live.
1: If you want a smarter home for the holidays, the Home Depot and Google Nest can help. Right now, save a hundred bucks on the Nest Learning Thermostat and Nest Hub when you buy them together. Use the Nest Hub to adjust the thermostat from across the room at a holiday party. Even get holiday recipes. All with your voice, and right now, all for less. Get holiday savings now on Google Nest exclusively at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only, limit two per customer, valid through December 15th.
4: Football and basketball seasons are in full swing. So get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional sports. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets like who will be the first head coach to get fired or who will win the NBA MVP. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code COACH55. That's COACH55 five five, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Need cash but have bad credit or maxed out cards? Now you can get a personal loan for up to five grand, whatever your credit, with no paperwork. MoneyASAP.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks. If you have a checking account and a regular income source, you can get cash in your account as soon as tomorrow. Type this into your smartphone or computer address bar. www.moneyasap.com That's
5: moneyasap.com MoneyASAP.com
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian
3: Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Lots of news to talk about here today, including fallout from the Raw show last night. Believe it or not, the WWE TLC pay-per-view is on Sunday, and we actually have some matches for that show, which we... We only had a few ideas until last night, but here's the card. We have six matches so far. We got Rusev, Bobby Lashley. They will be competing in a tables match because last night on the show, I guess Rusev and Lashley successfully, I guess, what would it be? Rusev and Lana. Rusev and Lashley did not get divorced. Rusev and Lana successfully divorced, I guess. And then there was a table spot. So, yes, they're doing a tables match at the pay-per-view. Now, Where does this go from here? I mean, is this it? Is this the end now that they signed the divorce papers? It wasn't even like it was divorce papers hanging from the ceiling, and we have a tables, lawns, and chairs match. Whoever gets the divorce papers can either sign them or tear them up. Divorce is done. So I presume they're going to have more matches after the table match because there's not going to be a pinfall or submission. So I guess we'll see. Roman Reigns, King Corbin, tables, ladders, and chairs match. New Day versus The Revival for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Bray White and The Miz in a non-title match. Because Miz, I guess, hasn't earned a championship match here in WWE, where wins and losses matter. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy and the Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. TLC for the women's tag team titles. I hadn't thought about this until just now. But Bray White and The Miz is a non-title match. And granted, I mean, The Miz hasn't been on a tear lately. But if you follow WWE, I mean, you don't have to go on a tear to get a championship match. I mean, Bray Wyatt got a championship match by asking for it on the Firefly Funhouse. So why is The Miz not fighting for the title? Is is Miz going to beat Bray Wyatt? Like, what's going on here? This is a little weird. But there you go. That is your lineup for the TLC pay-per-view. Any thoughts on these six big matches, Mike?
6: I don't know, Brian. Glance over at your uh, Texarkana television title and then glance over at a picture of your family. And what is the Miz really fighting for here? What's really most important, a
3: championship or to defend your family?
6: And that's defend his Miz family from what?
3: Bray Wyatt did a Photoshop picture of them. He didn't even go to their house. Thank God, by the way.
6: Well, we don't know that yet. We will have to see because, remember, Miz called the troops to his house, got the cops, mobilized everything. You never know what we could end up seeing uh, come the pay-per-view or even after the pay-per-view. You don't think that Rusev and uh, Bobby Lashley is all over with? Maybe The Miz and The the, the Fiend isn't all over with yet. That's why it's not a, a championship match.
3: Seth Rollins suffered a broken little finger in a street fight match with Eric Rowan on Sunday night and Augusta, Georgia, was pulled from a match on last night's Raw. He was originally scheduled to work on Raw in a match against Cedric Alexander. There was talk of him doing a match with Kevin Owens at TLC Sunday. That match was never finalized. As of this morning, was not on updated listings for the card. Rollins made a comment in his first promo regarding an injury But it was not a talking point as part of the storyline because the injury isn't serious. It served no purpose in storyline. The Alexander match was scheduled to be a step in the heel turn, but Rollins was pulled from the show. WWE officials, this just updated, say that Rollins has been cleared to perform with the injury going forward. I would have used it
6: last night. (laughs) I would have used it. That, to me, is so heel. I have broken my pinky. Number one, it shows you how times have changed anyway. Because uh, you can imagine, like, you know, Ole Anderson. I remember when Alberto Dorio was stomping on Sin Cara because he has his finger dislocated and didn't let the ref just put it back in its socket and continue the match. So, but anyway, you know, I guess error on the side of caution. It is a real medical injury. But what's more heal than I can't even come out here and perform for you guys. I want to, but I'm badly injured. I mean, look at this. I broke. Not to my mention,
3: pinky. if his opponent was going to be <laughs> Cedric Alexander, I mean, it's one thing for a top, multi-time champion to avoid a match with another top multi-time champion and claim that his finger hurts but cedric alexander has lost and lost and lost and lost and lost so to come out and say i'm sorry i can't face cedric alexander tonight i hurt my pinky mega heat
6: and that's even before we knew he was going to jump on uh, Kevin Owens or have AOP jump on him. I've, it was pretty obvious that that was the direction that they were going to go in. But even not exposing that, you still could have done that when he was saying, I'm trying to give it all to you fans out here, but they're stopping me from performing. I have injured my pinky, my representation, whatever you could have did. You could have probably used that one and <laughs> and exploited that a little bit. Although, i got to be honest again, I'm really still surprised that they actually had him sit out with a broken pinky, but again, I guess kudos to their medical staff. I guess they've woken them up as well as their uh, as well as everybody on their medical team. Apparently, with people now failing uh, wellness violation tests. This
3: person says, "Is it AJ versus Orton or Ray on Sunday? How how should I know? I mean, watching the end of the show, I mean, it looked like they're building up AJ versus Orton, but that was the go home show for Raw. So unless they just announce it on SmackDown." I mean, it probably isn't happening this month. Or they'll just make the match on social media, which would not be the first time. You know, I was talking about AEW and how there's too much stuff that airs on social media. There's too much stuff that airs on AEW Dark. And, dude, it's just as bad on Raw. I mean, they still haven't told us. They still have not told us on national television... Who the 24-7 champion is. The last that we saw, Kyle Bush won the title from R-Truth. That's literally the last update we have had on national television. Now, for those of you that don't know what's going on, R-Truth won the title back on social media. They didn't mention it on Raw. There was no appearance by R-Truth as the champion on Raw. For all we know, Kyle Bush is still the champion. I presume that by the time R-Truth returns to television, they'll have forgotten they didn't tell us. And we'll have a probably a sizable number of fans who the last thing they knew was Kyle Bush, and now all of a sudden R-Truth is a champion again, and they don't know why. The show is three hours long. How do we not have time to alert the world that R-Truth is the champion again? Maybe it's a Fox-only championship now. I mean, they had time for a Liv Morgan preview package last night about how she's getting a makeover. I seem to recall they did something with that weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and she just still hasn't shown up yet. Well, so, it could be
6: like Emma <laughs> when they did her makeover. This, that dude,
3: Liv well. Morgan better hope this is better than what happened with Emma. <laughs> That's all I got to say. So a couple of notes from the Raw show last night in case you missed it. Yes, Rusev and Lana got divorced. They signed the papers, set up the table matches noted. We had a whole bunch of things happening, as normally occurs on Raw, including Matt Hardy just beating or losing to Drew McIntyre. It's just something that they did. Viking Warriors. We we
6: found out. Hold on. We found out that apparently he smoked the seeds in the stems, too. I don't know what Drew McIntyre was hinting at there with maybe his seed uh being somewhat damaged in creation of his kids apparently that was all glossed over i mean that was an interesting way to build up heat quickly for a match i guess and then have everything forgotten about quickly afterwards
3: the viking warriors beat the street profits clean in the middle in 4 minutes i am not making this up well that's their what first happened, ever it? loss on raw was 4 minutes to a team that has been doing nothing but squashing geeks every week on television this week, the Street Profits were those geeks. And I'm, I'm sure that something happened with the show where this was just what ended up happening. I'm sure they're going to try and rehab the Street Profits next week. But this is why I've said a million times, this job is an impossible job to win at. It doesn't matter if it's Paul Heyman, Paul Bosch. It doesn't matter who's doing Paul this Bunyan. job. Paul Bunyan, it's an impossible job. Don't take this job if it's offered to you. If anyone in WWE is listening to this, if you're offered head of creative on Raw SmackDown, don't take it. Just don't. Wait,
6: the prophets got their shine back later on. They got to host a Saturday Night Live type of segment. You know that everything. I know all what fixed you're saying,
3: now. Mike, but let's let's be serious with the listeners here. They didn't get their shine back. <laughs> of course they, they did. Squashed in four minutes by these, these guys. guys. Dumb. I know. And we got more after the break, everybody. Wrestling Observer Live.
2: Come, come, my lady, you're
3: my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly,
4: sugar, baby. You're such a sexy, sexy, freaky little thing. The staple place you got me sprung, but you're telling me. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your love gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try. Butterflies in her eyes and no looks to kill. Time is the-
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here,
3: Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Also on Raw last night, we had Andrade and Umberto. They had a very good match. Umberto finally beat somebody, pinned Andrade with a victory roll after Andrade and Zelina bonked into each other. And then afterwards, Andrade and Zelina got into a spat. Maybe now that... I've thought about this till just now, but... Now that Maria and Mike Canellis have just vanished, and Rusev and Lana are divorced, I mean, we need another angle, right? So, maybe this is the one. Maybe somehow Alistair Black's going to get involved, they'll reveal that he's the husband of Zelina, he's mad at Zelina for supporting Andrade we got we we can bring in more people people's court or divorce court or whatever matrimony
6: court yeah there's a matrimony court um look <laughs> Maybe Sami Zayn could get involved. He could actually be the guy. Since he can do anything and go anywhere and, and all of that sort of stuff, maybe he can be the official WWE justice of the peace and negotiate whatever happens between Andrade and Zelina Vega. Maybe that's possible. How do you feel about him with his manager's license being given some leeway and he chooses Mojo Raleigh as a person to get behind and liberate last night when he went out there and faced Kevin Owens?
3: Buddy Murphy beat Zack Ryder. No one cared.
6: <laughs> so, is that your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. Just moving on here. Come on. Seth Rollins turned heel. Seth Rollins did the old Vince McMahon higher power gimmick, but, like, there wasn't a hooded guy for, like, six weeks. Just All of a sudden, we saw a hooded guy, and then he immediately unhooded. It was wow. Seth Rollins. Hoodie season. So he's it a bad is. guy now, and he cut a promo blaming the fans for all of his ills, which I just laughed at the whole time. It's just incredible. Becky Kabuki Warriors was pretty good, but not as good as the Charlotte Kabuki Warriors match. And we had a lame DQ finish, and that led to Kabuki Warriors attacking Charlotte. And then Charlotte and Becky agreed to team up at TLC on the condition that it is a TLC match. So the titles, I guess, will be suspended above the ring. Eric Rowan Squash, nobody cared about. And then the main event, AJ and Ray... For the U.S. title, they were having a very good match. And then, with 90 seconds left, everything just went wrong. They tried a spot on the top. They lost their balance. They fell down. Time stood still, but we only had 60 seconds left. They scrambled to try to come up with something. Randy Orton made an appearance and then vanished, which distracted AJ, which led to Reagan in the pin. And the ref counts three. And the ring announcer says, "And and they go off the air.
6: KFC commercial with Mrs. Butterworth is what followed for me. I don't know about you. That was interesting. but uh, The
3: longest Raw in history didn't have enough time. That's the yeah. story of the show last night.
6: I'm not even kidding because I know you guys talked about it on Observer Radio last night. I looked down because uh, I knew something good. It was after something good. So it was Andrade and Umberto, which was about halfway through the show. And I remember looking down and thinking, man, it's got to be near the end. And it wasn't. And... Everything, the stuff that I thought was bad, stunk. It wasn't offensive, but I just thought it stunk and, and wanted it to get over with, like the opening segment. But even some of the other stuff that... The Becky Charlotte stuff was very paint-by-numbers for them. With Even back to the cutscene of them sitting there and choosing to become partners. I mean, the dialogue, the scene being laid out, we've seen it a million times, and it usually works. But even that... Everything felt a step slow last night, and it really did feel like a very, very long show for whatever reason that it was. I have no idea why, but it did feel that way, absolutely. And the stuff that didn't hit, you know, to me obviously didn't hit. And it didn't help that opening segment went as long as it did and just dragged in the way that it did.
3: The opening segment went on forever. And then when I was talking about the Street Profits and the Viking Warriors, this was all one segment the Viking Warriors come out they cut a promo they issue a challenge the Street Profits come out they do a match the Viking Warriors win the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders I guess are in the ring celebrating Seth Rollins comes out Seth starts to cut a promo the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits leave Seth calls out the AOP Kevin Owens comes out Kevin Owens comes out he wants the AOP AOP shows up on the big screen Sami Zayn comes out Sami Zayn comes out with... mode. This is all one segment, everybody. There's no... It's all one long segment. And by the time it was over, I was like, my God. I looked at the clock, and we're only an hour in. Like, this is the longest hour of all time. This is the longest hour ever. And then the show kept going. And it wasn't like a really bad show or anything like that. I mean, it was fine. It was just so oh it's, that was a uh, show
6: it's the tough cross the barrier because in this i don't even in some ways blame well you, you blame the, the person that makes a decision but it's not like anybody there wants to do three hours they know that show would be better at two and maybe even usa knows that show would be better at two but money talks and ratings talks and demos talk and usa's lack of original programming talks and this is what we're stuck with but I don't know how everybody else out there feels, but maybe, again, there's lots of different reasons why I felt like it probably dragged forever for me. But it's that opening segment. I'm sure if you like that segment a lot, you are a lot more energized leading into the rest of the show. But when the opening segment is 25 minutes, whatever, it feels like it goes an hour and 45 minutes and it's no good or is, is tepid at best. It just sets the tone and and paints the picture for the rest of the show, and it's hard to dig back out of that hole, especially when you have other options, and you can literally get up, walk away from it, and go, well, if I missed anything on this show, I'll either hit the DVR with it, hear about it on social media, or catch it in some other form.
3: This person here says, why does WWE do injury angles to guys like Rude now and Orton years back? Just tell us that they were suspended. I actually had forgotten that they did that injury angle with Bobby Roode. And if I recall correctly, so here's the difference. So when they used to do the injury angle or they'd write somebody out a storyline, usually they would do it, and then we'd watch the show Monday, and we would remark that, man, that was really weird. And then we'd wait. And usually Tuesday, it would be announced that somebody had failed... A wellness test. Or they'd wait till Friday because they want to make the announcement but then have it just, like, disappear into the weekend news so everybody doesn't really hear about it or forgets about it. This Bobby Roode injury angle was two Fridays ago. It wasn't this past Friday. So that would mean it was the day after Thanksgiving. I'm not sure that one had anything to do with the other. This might actually be a coincidence. I I feel if it would have been injury angle because he was getting suspended they would have made the announcement like friday or the following tuesday or whatever they waited a long time before announcing this so i'm not sure that one had anything to do with another might have i think this one was just a coincidence this person here says regarding last night i've heard a lot of praise for the prophets for doing the best with what they were handed ever since someone called cena one of the best at that i can't unsee it I don't get why they have to unload stuff like that in the first place. I get that they have one seventy four year old audience member, but something's got to give. What did people think of the street profits last night? I thought it was painful. I mean it wasn't it was, listen. it was far from the worst comedy I've ever seen out of wWE but the laugh track, no one in the audience laughing. Look like it's just dying in the building. Dude,
6: that's another thing. Again, this is like AEW and their sound issues where they decide to pump the announcers into the house mic so you can hear all the chatter in the background and people not paying attention and all that stuff. It's stupid. The WWE version is put something on the big screen as it's going on, pan back so you can show everybody either not paying attention or just sitting there quietly with their mouths hanging open. They're not rowdy. They're not crazy. You're not focusing on anything that matters. Why do you even bother to do that? It just shines another light on the fact that people are sitting there, like a lot of people at home, going, Why the hell is this on the screen right now? It is and what's funny about that?
3: What? What's funny about that is it's not like a mystery where if you're in the back in production, there's a button that says crowd, and you push the button, and it's like totally random what you get. Like, there's about 800 screens. Your luck. You can look at every single one of those screens. You can see... You actually see what you're going to go to. Yeah. I think everyone knows that, but in case you don't. Like, you see what's on the screen, and then you choose what camera to cut to. Like Lish mode. Like, don't you Uh look before you push that button? When they cut to the crowd during that street prophecy, they're just standing there. And half of them are paying attention, and half of them aren't. It's like, so... Is the guy in charge, like, old and blind now, and he can't see that little screen, and so he just pushes a button and crosses his face? What's going on
6: here? Well, he's old. We know that. You know that. I don't know about blind, but, like, you know, again, the obsession with Saturday Night Live, too, because this is – and I like Michael Che and Colin Jost. I do. I – you know, but their interaction on WWE, if this is what this is going to lead to again, and I'm sure we probably would get some synergy, whether it's the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, but it's like – I mean, if that's isn't building towards something with them, there's another thing. Then why are you even doing it? I mean, this is the the gimmick is you rip off Saturday Night Live's weekend update. I mean, I I don't know. I just, I don't feel this thing having legs, but call me crazy.
3: This person here says, I'm telling you, they better edit out the Rowan-Seth match from Tribute to the Troops. They just cannot show that thing now. Well, don't worry, buddy. Tribute to the Troops is not airing this year. It was not taped for television. It will not be on the USA Network. Now, I don't know for sure why, but I do have to hear all the time about how ratings don't matter and they're not important. And my gut feeling is that if this show would have done really good ratings, it would be airing this year. But it doesn't do great ratings, and this year it's not airing.
6: I don't know why they just don't make it like an Armed Forces Network, American Forces Network type of deal or something like that. I mean, honestly, why that's or even selling it to a, a lifetime or something like that. I actually don't know why they
3: don't. Pack. Well, Actually, we're going to do breaks. break. Stand by. Wrestling Observer Live.
1: It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book?
7: Car repaired? Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com.
2: Listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Got a lot of people trying to figure all this out. for says, Why Raw felt like an eternity? I felt the exact same way about Raw as you did, Brian. It was a three hour show, but felt like six. Probably because there were a lot of things segmented throughout the show, such as the Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Charlotte feud. This person says, I think I figured out why the Raw felt so long last night. There was a bunch of stuff spread all over the show, and they took forever to get to the point. A la Oscar Kyrie versus Becky Charlotte being made official. Did you count how many times they showed Kevin Owens wandering here and there in the arena? Well, somebody did. This person here says, I counted it. There were a total of eight Kevin Owens segments on Raw last night. One backstage interview with Charlie and meeting with Rey Mysterio. One in-ring segment with Seth. One in-ring segment with Sammy and Mojo Rawley. Three backstage segments of him finding the AOP. One segment of him getting assaulted by AOP and Seth. One segment of him being loaded into an ambulance. No wonder Raw felt longer to you. You know why they're doing that, don't you? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was the gimmick when Austin was over. He was in 55 segments on every single show. So there you go. Everybody talking about tribute to the troops. Tribute to the troops, not airing. So don't worry about Seth working as a babyface on that show.
6: Again, yeah, that should be a real to me that should be a weird package feel good promotional show anyway. You know I mean, to sound, you know, flipping about it, but seriously, they they actually should just kind of make it for the Troops or something like that. You can always have a live crowd when you go to a military base. It's still one of the greatest Clash of the Champions of all time. Was, was it Seasons Beatings or whatever it was in Fort Bragg where, I mean, the crowd was just absolutely rabid. And they do love things like this. And, and maybe tempering these things and actually making more of a special thing that is troops only or is, it's something you don't publicize or something maybe you publicize and try to sell but make it more – you know, human interest and make it about anything that's got to do with wrestling.
3: As, for, as Brian, if you're not trying to win the 24-7 title, quit your concerns for the darn thing. Nobody cares but you. Wow. Man. This this is the but depths that WWE fans have fallen to. It doesn't matter if they tell you who the champion of this belt is. Wow.
6: Shut up and have a good time, Brian. It's the 24-7 title. Wow. No, he doesn't care about the title. Oh, he didn't care. Though. Sorry. Have a good time because nothing matters. It's stupid.
3: This person wants to know, I don't know what their phone was trying to write here, but it really messed up Lacey Evans. Could we have a Bailey versus Lacey Evans SmackDown women's title match at TLC? We might. It's very possible. they got to add some matches on the SmackDown show. Right now we've got six matches, and you know that probably two of them are going to be on the pre-show. That's four matches on the main show, and we don't have anything like a a multi-person elimination match. So they got to add a whole bunch of matches over the next little while. Maybe we'll get a match from NXT. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if we got an NXT match on that show.
6: Find out Wednesday. Yeah. If they don't see it on Wednesday, it ain't happening.
3: I mean, they're building up to the December 18th show. So that's that's obviously the big TV show. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we had an NXT championship match of some sort on the TLC show. And,
6: and Bailey Lacey, I mean, even if you, you take out, if you don't like either one of them or, or, but like that actually would make, make sense. It would be a good idea. I would probably put it on the pre-show. I don't know if they necessarily would with their you know new love of Lacey Evans right now, but that probably wouldn't be a bad thing to have on there. You get it over with and out of the way. You don't expose Lacey too much and you can keep it moving for the TV show.
3: This person says, Kyrie Sane is miscast as a heel. But that doesn't make her any less amazing. Her table break on Becky Lynch, one of the most beautiful table breaks I've seen in the company in a long time. She's the greatest. Her and Asuka, they're the greatest. Shows you
6: how good, too. I mean, and they were good from way back. The Shirai sisters and and Asuka and then Kari Sane. Man, stardom went through a run there where they had Nikki Cross and Kari Sane and Tony Storm. And just they had a really good run for a while there. And then everything kind of got, like, picked apart but boy that was a good developmental program that developmental program a hell of a company to work for for a lot of people
3: are these street profits a comedy act this person says i feel like they are this year's fashion files humorous backstage segments and non-eventful matches well that's what we're getting i mean there's a very big danger in wwe of being good at comedy because next thing you know heck's in my eye right now it's infuriating What's my in eyeball I got something in my eye. You're Can't concentrate.
6: St- stigma during the show? Man.
3: This person says, What in the TLC pay per view is making me want to watch the show? Well, I mean they're they're the they're the matches they expect you to want to see, the TLC matches. Because it's TLC.
6: TLC, that's why. Yeah,
3: that's that's why you're supposed
6: to want to watch the show. Unlike watching this show, it's to see exactly what's happening with Brian Ganey Yeah, and what's Pink going on right with my right eye? You know but be careful you get the two kids with the pink guy careful, this person though. says
3: are these the raws that Paul heyman is running now yes but he's not really running them I don't know how many times we have to explain this to you let me let me tell you something okay mm-hmm. so if you watch raw you can see that Paul heyman is the head writer because there's Paul Heyman stuff on the show what is a Paul Heyman thing I'll give you the number one classic example is what I talked about earlier. Paul Heyman loves the segments where something happens, and then somebody runs in, and then somebody else runs in, and then somebody the, the the segment that they did in the middle in the in the first hour where it started with the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, and then Seth was there and Kevin was there, and Seth, he loves those segments. You can go back to ECW in the '90s. You will see those. From day one, Paul Heyman, okay? So clearly, he has involvement in this show. Now, if you pay attention to Raw, you can also see that there are certain guys that Paul Heyman really wants to do something with. He really wanted to do something with Cedric Alexander. He obviously really wanted to do something with Ricochet. He's obviously into Umberto Carrillo.
6: Is Eric Rowan
3: his 911? I don't know if he's in Eric Rowan, but it's looking like it to me. But anyway... So, the point of this is if this were really Paul Heyman's show and he was into Umberto Carrillo, do you really think that Umberto Carrillo is doing job after job after job after job and all of those jobs are Paul Heyman's plan to get Umberto Carrillo? Of course not. You notice that the moment Paul Heyman got that job, the street profits were called up. Do you really think? Paul Heyman's plan to get the street profits over was to have them go undefeated, and then all of a sudden, one week on Raw, they were going to lose in three minutes to the Viking Warriors, or the Viking Raiders. Of course not. Okay? So I've said it a thousand times. Paul Heyman is climbing a mountain that goes straight up and down. It's practically impossible to get to the top. In fact, it may be like angled in a way that you can't get to the top. He's doing what he can. But there's a fella who's 74 years old, who's at the top of this mountain, who every week he looks at this show and he decides, I want to do this. I want to do this. This guy's not getting over. This guy's push is done. That's what we're dealing with here. So, yes, it's quote and quote Paul Heyman's show, unquote, quote-unquote. It's Paul Heyman's quote-unquote show, but it ain't his show. It's Vince's show. It wasn't Bischoff's show. It's not Bruce Pritchard's show. It's nobody's show but Vince's show. That's the story. And no matter who you are, like I said earlier, if you're in WWE right now and he comes up to you and he says, ah, it's, it's Heyman, I'm sick of this guy. He's out of here. I want you to take over, Raw." Say no. Don't take this job. You can't win. It's like a carny game at the fair. You can't win that's it you might win that little you might win that little stuffed animal the one the size of your fist but the big one you're never gonna win it that's my story Sound like you've been through this no i i mean i've been through it and then i've watched this thing since i was 11 i'm 44 i've watched this for 33 years i'm well aware of how things work No matter what anybody wants to tell me about how I don't know this or I don't know that or I'm on this person. Trust me, I know how this works. Now, if Vince went to the moon, let's say that there's XFL The Moon opening up in 2021. And Vince is going to the moon. And he's done with WWE. Then, I'm not going to know what's going on. I'm going to have somewhat of an idea because I've watched a lot of NXT. But once Vince is out of there, it's a crapshoot. I've said it a thousand times with AEW. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what's going on, because it's new. But WWE with Vince McMahon in charge is not new. I've been watching it forever. I can tell you everything that's going to happen for the most part. Because a leopard doesn't change its spots. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You want some more? Those are the only two I can think of. But it's true.
6: As long as the XFL stays on the moon and doesn't make it to Uranus, you'll be all right.
3: It's WWE Hall of Fame announcement this person says is a travesty. How does WWE have the gall to exclude NWO Sting from the NWO induction? <laughs> Maybe they can't find him.
6: RIP Jeff Farmer. Did he pass away?
3: I don't think he's dead. Oh, well, let me look here. Well, that would be sad. No, Jeff Farmer's alive. He's 57.
6: Oh,
5: good. Okay. Get with well, the program, they're...
6: Mike. Yeah, but uh, see, I hate when they I want a this. public
3: apology from you to Jeff you
6: look Farmer. Up Je- you look up Jeff Farmer, and they always show Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. They don't show Super J slash NWO Sting. It's always that guy Jumping Jeff Farmer with the bad promo. You know the the one against uh, what's his name? Yep, that guy. Dom, find that and play
3: that on the break. Hey, Brian, I'm hoping to send a bottle of the bubbly for you guys during the Christmas show. If they are out, will beer or whiskey be better? Should I ask Vinny? Well, first off, make sure whatever you do is legal, and then ask Vinny. Don't ask me.
6: You've already did absinthe. I mean, really, from there, what was It wasn't up, you real absinthe. What was it, bootleg absinthe? By the way,
3: so at the Redmond Town Center for the Christmas season, they set up a carousel, and Paisley loves the carousel. So I took her to the carousel, and we went in the middle of the day, and there's, like, nobody there. And so it's suggested donation $3 or $4 per ride. So I put 20 bucks in there. I told her she could go five times. So she's had the time of her life on this carousel. But anyway, there's horses, and there's like a rabbit, and there's a dragon. And so she gets on the horse... And she's going around and around all by herself on this carousel with these three old dudes operating the carousel. Because they're expecting a lot of people, but no one's there. And she's screaming, I'm chasing the dragon! I'm chasing the dragon! (laughs) Me too, girl. Howled. This person says, if they ever induct the four horsemen, does Mongo get in? I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. I'm sure Flair would love for him to be in so they could hang out over the weekend.
6: But Better shot than Benoit, surely, yes. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't doubt him. I wouldn't think him. I wouldn't think Paul Roma uh, first and high on that list.
3: What was the deal with Becky versus Kabuki Warriors? She pretty much steamrolled them. Also, she did not sell being sent through the table for long. She's their top star. So, yeah, that's what happens. We saw it with Roman Reigns. We saw it with John Cena. We saw it with Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, The Rock. That's what they do. And I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, you got to keep your top star strong, especially if they're getting DQ'd at the end or if there's a DQ finish or whatever. This person here says, why not put the U.S. title on the line and do Ray defending against both A.J. and Orton? They may do a three-way. A fine idea. I would like if they would have set this up two weeks ago so we could have announced it a while ago. I mean, we did the go-home show. There's no announcement. I mean, we've kind of waited a little too long. Let me but, ask you a question. It's WWE.
6: Real quick. Randy Orton joining
3: AJ Styles in the club. You I should. could. Back in a moment. It's a over
1: Looking at, looking at, looking at me. Look at that, look at how they looking at me. Eyes all like honey on bees. Yeah, Look at, that, uh, look at, how uh,
2: at me. You're listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Man, I just had a great idea. This person here says, The four horsemen are
3: already in the Hall of Fame. They only inducted the first four, kind of similar to NWO. There's a bunch of random guys that were in. Every year, you put in a different incarnation. So we got the original incarnation of the Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Then next year, we can put in Lex. Flair, Arn, Tully, and Lex. Yep. And then Barry can go in the next year. I think he's in though. No, it doesn't. I'm not. I'm talking
6: about the incarnation. I think he put him in with that with the horseman though. But oh. I know what you mean. Go No, on. I don't think so. Really?
3: I'm, I think it was it was Flair, Arn. Let me think about this. Maybe I'm thinking reunions. Because Rock didn't show up. It was definitely, were, definitely Oli, Oli, Oli was there. Anyway. Oli wasn't
6: there, but he may have been inducted. But him and Vince. Remember what he said about Vince's wife when they came in? Vince, you know, remember that whole Oli? Whole meet my scenes. wife Linda. And he, he didn't say something nice, that's for sure. Where's the Hall of Fame here? Who got put in? Who got, no got put Paul in, Roma, everybody? No Sid Vicious. No, uh, who else was in The Horseman? Sting. It was, was in, in the horsemen for a little bit there. They don't even put
3: it... Yes. What time I'm wasting here. The four horsemen being inducted into the Hall of Fame.
6: You know who they put in? Put in Skandar Akbar's army. Put in Put in Eddie Gilbert and, and, and Johnny. T- Hyatt and Hot Stuff International should make it in. Uh, H&H, Hussein and Gary Hart. The Same. House of Hump. Find out what dingbats
3: they put in there. Hmm. I don't mean dingbats. Great respect for them. The Four Horsemen. Ah, whatever. You know, everybody? Cliffhanger for tomorrow. It's a cliffhanger for tomorrow. Which four of the Four Horsemen went in? That is Barry. Look at that. Barry, Arn, Tully, and Flair. So we can get Oli Oli in in. there. We can get the Oli version in next year. Hey, we're out of time, everybody. I pulled a mic there. I hear the music. Talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.